Turn with me, please, to Matthew, the seventh chapter. Matthew, chapter 7, and uh, verse 1. Matthew 7, verse 1 says, Judge not that you be not judged. For with what judgment you judge, you shall be judged. And with what measure you meet, it shall be measured to you again. What did the Lord say? Don't judge. Why? Judge not that you be not judged. That's why he told us not to do it. It's why? Do you want to be judged or not judged? What happens when you get judged? Can a Christian be judged? Now there's a lot of questions about this. And people have different ideas about these things. But what does the word say? I want us to go into the word. What does the word say? Do we care if we get judged or not? Now some people may say, well, Jesus was judged in our place for our sins, so there's no way we can be judged now. Well, all you got to do is look around and see that that must not be true. Because people, things are happening. Is that right? It's available to us, but why would Jesus tell us? Don't judge, judge not, that you be not judged. Why would he tell us that? If it's not going to be an issue. And with what measure you meet. It'll be measured to you again. Ever how you. Judge another person. Or another situation. That's exactly how you're going to be judged. Or I'm going to be judged. Now as we said before. You when you. uh, You hear this. Most everybody would agree with this. Christians, church-going people, almost everybody would go, oh, that's right, that's right, don't judge, don't judge. And, and the favorite thing that people remember is, don't judge me. That's right. <laughs> right, don't, right. don't judge me. <laughs> Bible said don't judge. <laughs> but if you talk to them about a situation and you say, now don't judge, what will most people say back? Now don't judge. What will most people say in most situations? Oh, I, I, I'm not judging. I'm not judging. I, I'm just. <laughs> but I, I'm, I'm not just. And and if you believed everybody when they say they're not judging, then you'd wonder why Jesus said this at all. Because if you believe what everybody's saying, there's hardly any judging going on. <laughs> but that's not the case. The truth is. There's judging going on right, left, front, center, and back. It's just folks are not calling it judging. And they're excusing it. But what's the problem with that? If you judge, you will be judged. That's the problem with it. And that's why the Lord told us don't do it so that you don't get judged. Keep reading. Verse 3, why beholdest thou the mote that is in your brother's eye, but considerest not the beam that's in your own eye? 
<laughs> Verse 4. How will you say to your brother, let me pull out the moat out of your eye. And behold, a beam is in your own eye. How can you do that? You got the ministry of moat deliverance. <laughs> you got the gift of moat discernment. You see moats everywhere in people's lives and eyes. Right? And you believe you're specially graced and anointed to help get those moats out of other people's lives. And all the while, you don't have a moat, a moat's a speck. You got a beam. <laughs> that's not a piece of sawdust, that's a plank. You got a plank covering half your head. <laughs> and you don't, you don't want to talk about the plank. You just want to talk about that guy's speck. This is what he gives us to illustrate judging. One thing would cure all judging. One thing. Honesty. Honesty. If you'll be honest, you'll quit judging. The only way you can judge, or I can judge, is to be a hypocrite. That's the only way you can. To get upset about what they're doing, and to get all worked up, and to speak negative over them about what they're doing, you have to act like you haven't done anything. Come on, can you see this? And that's just not true. That's hypocrisy. And when you admit that you're in the same boat with them, you've missed it. Well, I'd never do that. You already have. Spiritually, you already have. But folks don't, no, no, I wouldn't do that. Now, I've done some things, but I wouldn't do that. That's hypocrisy. That's just simply not true. Verse 5, you hypocrite, first cast out the beam out of your own eye, and then you shall see clearly to cast out the moat out of your brother's eye. And how many know you'd also be a lot more compassionate? Why? Because you wouldn't be coming down on somebody because of a speck. You say, hey, that's nothing. You want to see the plank I just got out of my eye? I mean, <laughs> this is going to be easy. Right? You're not coming across holier than thou. You're coming from a position of, I was in worse shape than that. And God helped me out. I know he'll help you out too. In fact, go to Galatians 5 if you would. Galatians 5. No, excuse me. Chapter 6 is where, where you should go. Galatians 6, verse 1. What does it say? Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault... Ye which are spiritual, who? Ye which are spiritual, restore such an one in the spirit of meekness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. Now here's how you can tell spiritual people. Spiritual people, people that truly are spiritual, are godly people. Godly people are honest 
and godly people love. Is that right? If you're going to be like God, you're going to be honest. It's impossible for God to lie. If you're going to be like God, you're going to be love. He is love. And you can see that right here, can't you? If somebody's overtaken in a fault, say they got a speck in their eye. Or worse. If you're spiritual, what are you going to do? You don't want to broadcast their speck or come down on them about that. You want to see them restored. You want to see it fixed. And how will you do it? How will you do it? In the spirit of meekness. Why? Considering yourself. Lest you also be tempted. The truth is. If you haven't done what they've done. It's only by the grace of God. Now that's not just a nice thing to say. That's a fact. And if you say oh I'd never. Then you're deceived. And you're dishonest. Because you've done similar things already. And this flesh of ours. (laughs) You start yielding to it. Next week it takes more. And next month it takes even more. And next year, and I mean you start off yielding to the flesh in just a few months time. You wind up in places doing things you never imagined you'd be doing. All you got to do is just keep going. And the only reason it hadn't already happened to you is the grace of God. Goodness of God. Mercy of God. And if you know that's the truth, then you'll consider yourself when you're looking at them when they're down and you'll go, hey, that could be me. And that's not trying to be religious. That's reality. That could be me. And so you're not going to come down hard and in judgment. You want to see them restored. And you're going to come across in a spirit of meekness. If somebody says, I've done a terrible thing. And maybe they have. But you'll look at them and go, I've messed up too. Well, you've never done that. I've done similar things. I mean, if you know what to do and you didn't do it, to him that knows to do good and does it not, to him it's sin. Is that right? Whatever's not of faith is sin. Transgression of the law is sin. Got to watch about categorizing things. And you know, even if you hadn't done that specific thing, if it hadn't been for the grace of God, you could have took a wrong turn here and a wrong turn there and, and yielded to this and kept yielding to that. You could be there. You could be right there today. So you will come across, if you're honest, and you love and care about them, you're going to come across in a spirit of meekness. Is that your desire to be that way and to do that? Now go with me, if you would, to 1 Peter, the fifth chapter. 1 Peter chapter 5. Uh, I'm moving too quick. I'm moving too quick. Go to 1 Corinthians first. 1 Corinthians and the 11th chapter. Then I think we'll go to 1 Peter 5. 1 Corinthians 11. Two big things if you want to prevent being judged. We just seen one of them in Matthew 7. What was that one? Don't judge. Don't judge other persons. And the second one is Judge yourself. 
In order to not be judged, we need to do these two things. Judge ourselves, and don't judge other people. And if we'll do those two things, Jesus said, and the Spirit of God said here where we're about to read, we won't be judged. Is that a good thing? Do we care about that? Oh, if we really knew, we'd be shouting hallelujah about not getting judged. In 1 Corinthians 11, 1 Corinthians 11, and down about verse uh, verse 31. 1 Corinthians eleven thirty-one. If we would judge ourselves, what will happen? We should not be judged. But when we are judged, now who's talking here? Spirit of God through Paul. Is Paul, when Paul says we, is he saying he could be judged? And he's talking to the church at Corinth, saints, believers. Are they a part of the same church we are? Can Christians be judged in this life? Now, you know, some folks will say no, but they're just wrong. They're ignoring all kinds of scriptures. In 31, if we, if, if, if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we're chastened of the Lord that we should not be condemned with the world. How can you prevent being judged? Don't judge others. And what else? Judge yourself. Now go to First Peter. I know some of these things... Uh, don't make you want to just jump up and run the aisle right now. But as you're going to see in this next verse, we need some answers as to why some things are happening. Why some things are the way they are. What's going on? The thing about believing wrong, it may make you comfortable to not have to think about some things, but you're still going to have the problems in your life. It's not going to fix anything. In 1 Peter 5, 1 Peter 5 and verse 8, 1 Peter 5, 8, what does it say? 1 Peter 5, 8, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about. Seeking whom he may devour. Verse 9. Whom, talking about the enemy, resisting. What do you do with the devil? Resisting. What do you do with the devil, everybody? What do you do? You resist the devil. Resisting. In the faith. Knowing the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. Nothing you're dealing with is unique. That's part of the enemy's deception. He wants you to believe you're experiencing things nobody understands, nobody's going through, nobody can relate. That's laughable. That's laughable. There is no temptation taking you. But such as is common to man, the scripture said. Other people all over the world uh, and, and previous generations have experienced the same thing you are. 
some without complaining as much. <laughs> without being such babies. <laughs> you needed a good laugh right there. <laughs> Back up to verse 8 again. First Peter, is this written to believers? This is New Testament. Is it written to the church? To you and me? Do we have an adversary? An enemy? What's he doing? What's he doing? As a roaring lion, walking about, seeking. Seeking means looking for something. What's he looking for? Whom he may devour. Is it possible for the enemy to devour a Christian? Yes. <laughs> Forget about reasoning. Are there Christians who are experiencing stealing and killing and destroying in their life? Well, it's sure not God doing it. Some people try to say it is, but they're just wrong. Are there Christians who are experiencing loss, devastation, damage? Is that right? Yeah, who's doing it? The devourer. Now, can the enemy just come do that whenever and however he wants to? Apparently not. I said apparently not because he is, that's what he's looking for. If he could just do it to anybody anywhere, he wouldn't have to look. Right? He just first when he comes to. Take them out. But he has to seek to find who he can and who he can't. Oh, that was worth you coming to church, right? Is that right? He has to look to see who he can still kill and destroy in their life and who he can't. And if he can't, he'll go to the one he can. And come back and check them later. That's right. Oh yeah. Don't think, as long as you're in this world, he's going to keep checking to see if he can get to you. What determines whom he can devour and those he can't? What determines? What determines it? Is who gets judged and who doesn't. (laughs) I know. (laughs) That's why Jesus said, don't judge. Why? So you won't get judged. And what else did he say here in 1 Corinthians? Judge yourself. Why? So you won't Get ju- what happens when you get judged? Well, in understanding the process of judgment, a great place to learn about it is the book of Job. You get a behind-the-scenes look at the accuser of the brethren who came and accused Job, trying to build a case against him. Why would he come accuse Job? If he wants to destroy him, why don't he just go destroy him? Because he can't. He said, God, you've put a hedge around him. 
Is that right? Him and his and everything he's got. How did he know about this hedge? He's been around it 10,000 times. Come on. What, what does the devil do? So, Mr. That's the Old Testament, Brother Keith. That's Job. Well, Revelation is New Testament. And it talks about believers overcoming the accuser of the brethren. Is that right? Who accuse them night and day. Is he still the accuser of the brethren? Yes, he is. Well, why? Why is he accusing you? See, sometimes religious idea just fogs everything up. Why is he accusing you? Because he's mean. He's a mean old devil, and he just wants to accuse you of. No, honey. <laughs> he's a being who's been around we don't know how long. Possibly millions or billions of years. Our time. He was around God. He knows how things work. Why would he accuse you? To build a case against you. Like a prosecuting attorney. Why? To get you judged. Why? Because if he can get you judged, he can get access to you. If he can get you judged, he can get access to you. If he can't get you judged, he can't get to you. He can't get to you. Let's look at scriptures. <clears throat> it's quiet in this in this church today. Huh? <laughs> Go to Ephesians 4. Is the devil still going about seeking whom he may devour? Is he or not? Is he still the accuser of the brethren? Why? Why? Is he accusing the brethren? Why did he accuse Job? What happened is he got judgment against Job and immediately went out and destroyed. And the whole book of Job is about judging. And you'll find out that Job started out pretty good, but soon he's judging God. As unfair. And Job's three friends came to comfort him, but stayed to judge him. Is that right? The whole book is judging. And then God shows up in a whirlwind and asks Job, You can't understand all these other things that he asked him and couldn't answer him one question. How are you going to accuse me concerning judgment? And he didn't even tell him, he didn't even explain to him. Those things. You know why? It's not just understanding why that's the big thing. It's what you do when you don't know why. That's what shows real faith. When you don't understand it and you don't know why and you still trust him and you still hold on to him, that's real faith. And you know when Job's turnaround came? Anybody remember? Have you read the book? Job had a huge turnaround, didn't he? He went from total devastation to being totally healed. Got twice back all his stuff and money that he lost. Is that right? His end was much better than his before. Where was, where was the breakthrough? He repented. I said he repented. He repented before God. He said, 
I've said this. I've opened my mouth twice, but I'm going to lay my hand on my mouth. I repent in dust and ashes. I said stuff I should not have said. That was when everything changed. What's another way of saying he repented? He judged himself. He judged himself wrong and God right. Oh, come on, can you see this? And grace flowed to him, and just like that, the doors were shut. The hedge is back up. Come on, can you see this? And the devil can't touch him anymore, and now he gets healed and gets twice what he had. Oh, saints, do you see this? Do you see this? Are Christians being destroyed in this world, in their life? If it's stealing and killing and destroying, who's doing it? Who's doing it? It's the devil. It's the devourer. It's not God. And we should be asking ourselves, how? How is he able to do this to a child of God? We've all experienced some of this. I said, we've all experienced some of this. How can the enemy get access and be able to do stuff in the life of a child of God that's redeemed? That's what we're talking about. Ephesians 4, verse 26. Friends, I hope you discern I did not figure this stuff out. I did not figure these things out. The Lord's given this to us. Can you discern this? You need to discern what's man and what's God. The Lord's given us this. And it's wonderful. I said it's wonderful. Because you can absolutely get free. And shut the door to the devil in your life. Come on somebody tell me how you do it. How you do it. How you do it. Judge yourself. And what else? Do not judge others. See, most of the church world only sees that as the nice thing to do. They don't have any concept why you're so tempted to judge other people. It's supernatural how tempted we are to judge each other. One of the simplest forms of judging is just saying negative things about people. Saying things against people instead of for people. Talking about how guilty they are of a certain thing. How bad it is. Negative. And you'll find when you set yourself to stop doing this. You're going to encounter some resistance. You're going to encounter some stuff you you were not aware of was so strong. Because it's happening all around us. People are talking about this one. They're talking about that one. They're talking let me give you an example. Most of our commentary news shows is non-stop judging. Start to finish. Judging. That's what it is. And when somebody brings up something about somebody negative and starts talking about it, you will be pulled to join in. It's spiritual. You'll have to bite your lip. To keep from doing it. Why? Why are you? Uh, and don't look at me and say, well, I'm not. Yes, you are. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> well, I'm not saying anything. You're emailing it. You're texting it. <laughs> you're tweeting it. 
can you believe they did that? No, give me this. Judging is everywhere. Why? Why are we so tempted to judge? Because the enemy is trying to build a case against you. If he can't get you to judge, he can't get you judged. If he can't get you to be proud and not judge yourself, he can't get to you. Selah. Ephesians 4, 26. Be ye angry and what? Can you get angry without sinning? Sure you can. Man, you can get hot, hot, hot. But you don't have to hit anybody. Or cuss anybody. Or break anybody. Is that right? You, I don't care how mad you get. But I just couldn't help it. That's a lie. That's a lie. You, you, you see guys that get mad and hit their wife that's half their size. I couldn't help it. I just, I, I got a temper. It's, it's the uh, Irish. It's the Italian. It's the Native American. It's the what? It's the flesh. Well, I, just, I just do it before I, I know how. You'd like to take this guy and do an experiment with him. Right? Get him and put him with a, a 300 pound uh, linebacker. And get him real mad with him. See if he can control himself from, from slapping this guy around. Yeah. Yeah. People do what they can get away with. Man, there's no excuse for hitting your wife ever. For any reason. But she hit me. Oh, come on. Take a punch. Be a man. <laughs> be a little wimp. Take it. She slapped me and it just went all over. Don't act like a heathen. Can you be angry, even really angry, and yet not act on that anger? Is it possible to control yourself? It is. Be angry and what? Now notice the next one. And let not the sun go down upon your wrath. He's talking about the same thing. Now read the very next phrase. This is not a period. This is not the end of the sentence. What's the very next phrase? Neither give place to the devil. Is Ephesians written to Christians? Can Christians give place to the devil? And if you do, what happens when you give him place? Then he may devour you. He may still kill and destroy something in your life. But now notice what gives him place. I'll be honest with you, I didn't see this till last night, actually this morning about 2.30. First time I've seen this like this. Verse 26. It's not a period. Let not the sun go down on your wrath, neither give place to the devil. Read it together like it's written. Let not the sun go down on your wrath, neither give place to the devil. Why? Because if you don't repent, 
quickly. You're going to give the devil access. If you don't judge yourself in a timely fashion, you're going to give the devil opportunity to get to you. Oh, can you see this, friends? Not just a good idea. It's how to keep the devil out of your house and away from your kids and out of your financial affairs and away from your body. This is you. How, how would you, you're angry, but you didn't sin, and don't let the sun go down on your wrath. How are you not going to let the sun go down on your wrath? You got to get a hold of yourself and judge yourself and say, this is not right. Me being this mad, me fuming like this, this is not right. I'm stopping it right now. I repent. Come on, can you see this? Repent means to change. I'm judging myself. If you, if you didn't judge that this is wrong, you're not going to quit. But you're judging yourself. I can't. The Lord told me, don't let the sun go down on my wrath. Yeah, I'm really upset about what they did. Yeah, I'm really angry about what they did or didn't do or how this worked or didn't work. But he told me, don't let this go on. Get this fixed right now. I'm going to judge myself. This is not right. I got to quit this. I, I, I'm stopping this right now. How are you going to stop it? You're going to have to forgive them. I said, you're going to have to forgive them. You're going to have to let it go. You're going to have to cast the care of it over on the Lord. You've got to get in faith and get in rest. But in the process, you are repenting. You are changing. You are judging yourself. And what does that do? When you judge yourself, what's going to happen? Well, well, let's back up. If you forgave them, then you're not judging them. And if I repent, I judged myself. Come on, can you see this? And what's the very next phrase? Don't give place to the devil. If I stop judging them and I judge myself, what's going to happen? The enemy is not going to get an opportunity to get to me over this. Oh, come on, can you see this? He's not, I'm not going to give him a chance to get to me. Now, if I continue to rage... And talk about how lousy a person they are and what they did and sorry so and so. And if I continue to fume over it all night and all the next day and the next three days and the next two weeks. It's no wonder that Christians get ulcers and migraines and start having money problems. Come on, are you listening? And start having marriage problems. Why? Because God has left you? No. Because your sins are not covered and washed away? No. Why? Because you, by not doing what the Lord said do, have allowed the enemy access into your life. And he's beginning to devour. He's beginning to work. Not walking in love. Not forgiving. Judging. Not judging yourself. This gives the destroyer access. Neither give place to the devil. Keep reading. Let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands the thing which is good, that he may have to give to him that needs. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace to the hearers. How many understand that would include no judgment? 
And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed until the day of redemption. It displeases the Lord when the enemy is able to get to his kids. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And verse 32, do what? Do what? And be ye what? Kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. How many understand you can't do this and judge people? Even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. Oh, my. It's all here, isn't it? It's right here. Go with me, please, to the book of Luke. Luke 13. No, no. Back up to 12. Luke 12, 56. Luke 12, 56. Now, I know there are some folks that think they don't believe what we're preaching today. But get them to explain to you why and how the enemy is destroying in Christians' lives then. Get them to explain that to you. Luke 12, 56. Jesus said, you hypocrites. You can discern the face of the sky and of the earth, but how is it that you do not discern the time? Everybody say time. 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 So he's talking about time. So I want you to see this. 57. Yes, and why even of yourselves judge you not what is right? So he's talking about time and he's talking about judging. Judging right judgment. 58. When you go with your adversary. Now something important to note here. The Young's literal instead of adversary. It says opponent. And this is not the adversary. It's your opponent. I think sometimes people read that. And they see adversary. And they go that's the devil. No. He's not telling you to agree with the devil. Shouldn't be hard to figure that out. (laughs) but the one that's your opponent in this situation. When you go with your opponent to the magistrate, as you are in the way, give diligence that you may be delivered from him. This is somebody that you have wronged, somebody that has ought against you. Come on, can you see this? And they are in the process of pressing charges. Another way to say pressing charges, making accusation against you that you did such and such that was unlawful, illegal, wrong. He said, if that's happening, what do you need to do? What do you need to do? Give diligence that you may be delivered from him, lest he hail you to the judge And the judge deliver you to the officer, and the officer cast you into prison. Keep reading, verse 59. I tell you, you shall not depart thence till you have paid the very last might. What's he saying? He's saying, when they're in the process of pressing charges against you, you got a short window to get this fixed before this thing gets out of hand. 
Is that right? And if you're wise, you will go to them. And if you have done wrong, you will repent. And you'll judge yourself. And you'll say, can I make this right? Come on, can you see this? And if you can and prevent them from going to the judge, then you are spared. But if you don't, if you're haughty, and if you're unrepentant, and you are in the wrong, what's going to happen? Next thing you know, the police are going to show up at your house. Is that right? And all your big talking is going to be out the window, and they're going to put the bracelets on you. Is that right? And take you downtown, and then you go into court, and when the judge wraps the gavel and says guilty and sentences you, you can cry all you want, but you ain't getting out. And you're going to have to pay the last penny. That's judgment. If you could talk to them beforehand, you could possibly get mercy. Come on, can you see this? But in order to get mercy, you're going to have to humble yourself and judge yourself and repent. But if you do that, then you wouldn't be judged. But if you won't judge yourself and you let it go all the way to judgment, now it's going to cost you. Come on, can you see this, friends? It's going to cost you. And it can cost you a lot. Now look in the 13th chapter. We're just right there. All, all this flows together. In the 13th chapter, 13.1, this was not written in chapter and verse. So this is the same thing. He said there were present at that season some that told him of the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. Now, this is something everybody around there knew. It'd be like a tragedy that we that's on the news. Did you hear about that? This government official went over there to the synagogue and they were slaughtering their animals for sacrifice and he mixed their blood with the blood of their sacrifices, slaughtered them. Verse 2. Jesus answering and said, Suppose ye, do you think that these Galileans were sinners above all Galileans because they suffered such things? He's dealing with the question of why do bad things happen? And these are people going to the synagogue. So we might say, why do bad things happen to good people. People act like these questions are unanswerable. Like they are mysteries that cannot be solved. But it's not true. The Lord's already dealt with all these things. If we have ears to hear it. He said do you think. That because that happened to them. They were worse sinners. Than all the other folks in that area. That it didn't happen to. Verse 3. I tell you, nay. What does nay mean? No. 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 It's not because they were worse people that that happened to them. And it's not because those people are better people because it didn't happen to them. How many think we need to take Jesus' words and believe them? When you see tragedies happen and you see terrible things go on, you are wrong if you assume, well, It's because they were bad people. You're wrong. Or the people that got spared must have been better people. 
That's absolutely wrong thinking. Wrong thinking. What does Jesus tell you the key is? Except you what? Repent. You shall all likewise perish. The same thing can happen to you. And something like that will happen if you don't repent. What does it mean to repent? Humble yourself. Judge yourself. Is that right? Judge yourself that I'm wrong. God is right. What did he say the key to not experiencing this devastation is? Repenting or judging yourself is the key to being safe. Is the key to being safe and to being kept. Read the next one. Read the next one. Those 18, he gives them another example. Upon whom the tower in Siloam fell and slew them, killed them. Think you that they were sinners above all men that dwelt in Jerusalem. Now, I don't know if the tower of Siloam was a, uh, a tourist place or what was a business place. But there was a bunch of people out there. And something happened all at once. This tower began to crumble and fall. And it fell on these 18 people and killed them. And he said, why do you think that happened to them? Because they were sinners above the rest of the men that were in that city. Because they were worse people. Verse 5. I tell you. Nay. (laughs) Somebody say nay. 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 Now, I know this is simple, but how many understand? There's a bunch of confusion in the body of Christ and in the world about these things. And people got all kind of ideas and goofy ideas about why these things happen and why these things don't happen. No. What's the solution Jesus gives us? Except you repent. You shall all likewise perish. None of you are safe from the same thing happening to you except, except, somebody say except, unless you repent. I've been kept, a lot of you would say the same thing, is that right, year after year, decade after decade, I have, we haven't had so many things that a lot of other folk have had. And I want to declare to you, it is not because I am one of the best Christians you ever saw. It's not because I'm a preacher. It's not because my faith is superior. Is anybody listening? It's not because I got a better prayer life than somebody else. I just kicked five holy cows right there. Come on, when you analyze it, if it's because of how good I'm living, it's because of me. If it's because of how good I'm praying, how good I'm believing, that's that's me. And that's not true. I said, that's not true. I've made mistakes. Just like you. I've come short. I've messed up. I've zigged when I should have zagged. Did when I shouldn't have done. Didn't do when I should have did. Huh? 
And if that's the case, then what's what's sin deserving of? Judgment. Punishment. Is that right? So why didn't I get judged? Ah, repented. Oh, come on, y'all listen. I repented. I repented. Oh, and the more I'm seeing, the better repenter I am becoming. I, I am getting highly developed at repenting. Because I see and realize it's the only way to keep the door shut to the devil. I must not judge you. If I do, repent right now. If I've missed it, I must not delay and put it off. Repent right now. Repent. Is Jesus saying repentance is the key to those kind of tragedies not happening? People are asking the wrong questions. God, why did you do this to me? Wrong question. God, why did you let this happen to me? Still, wrong question. Wrong question. That's why people can't get answers. They're looking at the wrong direction. God, why did you do this? Why did you do this to our country? Why did you do this to our family? God, why didn't you do this? Why didn't you? That's, that's wrong, 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 wrong. God is good. Yes. It's not his will that any should perish. So if there's any perishing going on, it was not his plan. It's not his will. The question is, you know he wanted to protect you. Why couldn't he? Why couldn't, what prevented him from doing what he wanted to do in your life? That comes back to us. That comes back to us. Not repenting when we needed to. Hold your place right here. Go to Revelation. Man, the Lord's helping us today, saints. Is he? He, Oh, he's helping us. We ought to thank him right now. Lord, we thank you. Thank you for your word. It's precious to us. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. Thank you for revelation of truth. It makes us free. Thank you. Thank you for pulling the cover off of the devil and his operations. We're not ignorant of his devices. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for showing us how to not get judged. Hallelujah. Revelation 2, verse 1. Unto the angel of the church of Ephesus, right? So he's talking to one of the churches. Is that right? And uh, verse 2, I know your works, labor and and patience. Skip down to verse 5. Remember, therefore, from whence you are fallen and do what? Who's he talking to? church at Ephesus. Do Christians need to repent sometimes? Is it a negative thing? No. It's how to keep from getting judged. Right? Remember from whence you are fallen and repent and do the first works or else I'll come to you quickly and remove your candlestick out of his place except except you repent. Repentance is one of the greatest things you ever heard about saying. It is the way out, the way through, the way back, (laughs) the way to safety. It's a gift. Repentance is a gift. 
Now you can see this even more clearly down here in uh, verse 20. Well, verse, verse 19. This is to the church in Thyatira. He said, I know your works and love and service and faith and patience in your works, the last to be more than the first. Notwithstanding, I have a few things against you because you suffer. That means you allow that woman Jezebel who calls herself a prophetess to teach and to seduce my servants to commit fornication and to eat things sacrificed unto idols. Now, how in the world could that fly in a New Testament church? Perversions of grace. Anything's all right. No big deal. And she's a prophetess. So she's got special words from the Lord. (laughs) It's quiet in here. Keep reading. Verse uh, 21. Verse 21, are you there? I gave her what? Space to do what? To repent of her fornication and what? She repented not. Behold, I will cast her into a bed and them that commit adultery with her into great tribulation. Does that sound like judgment? And destruction. Except. They repent. Of their deeds. Could Jezebel herself. Be spared. Oh I lost somebody right there. That messed up somebody's Jezebel doctrine right there. Could Jezebel herself. Be spared. From tribulation and destruction and judgment. Yes, if, if she'd judge herself and repent, she wouldn't be judged. Jezebel too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Go back to Luke now. He said he gave her what? Space. What does space mean? Time and opportunity to do what? To repent. To repent. That include judging yourself. I'm wrong. This is wrong. God's right. I'm willing to change. This is judging yourself. And she had a God-given window that was closing. Come on, can you see this, friend? That was closing. When the Lord said, through the Spirit of God in uh, Ephesians, be angry and sin not, not, and let not the sun go down on your wrath. Why? That's a window. Can you see this? That's a window of time. Why? What's the big deal? Why do I need to get this fixed quickly? Because if you don't, then you let it go too far. Then you're going to get judged. And if you get judged, you get turned over to the jailer. Is that what he said? And the jailer's going to put you in prison. And you're not going to come out until you paid the last penny. It's going to cost you. 
Do we need to know these things? How many think we ought to be quick, quick, quick? When you see you've messed up, do not play with that, friend. Be quick to repent. See, the Bible warns us about being hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Don't talk to me about that. Oh, that's between me and the Lord. I'll deal with that when I get to it. <laughs> you, you miss your window. Bad things are going to start happening in your life. The enemy is going to have access. We need to be quick to repent. Quick to shed a tear. Quick to forgive. Is that right? Quick to believe. Quick to respond. That's a sign of a sensitive, close to God, spirit and soul. When you're hard and calloused and you won't talk about it for three weeks and you clam up and shut up and not unwilling to admit when you did wrong for three months, six months, two years, that's when things begin happening in your life that's stealing and killing and destroying and most folks won't admit it. They won't admit it. We don't know why this is happening. And that's why millions of people don't want to come to a church like this. They don't want to hear this. They don't care if it's true or not. They don't want to hear this. They like what I call no fault religion. (laughs) Tell me everything is God's will. Tell me no matter what happens, it's not my fault. No matter what didn't happen, it's it's God's mysterious, unknowable will. (laughs) Problem with that, you keep getting Stolen from and destroyed and killed. Enemy just has free reign. Even though you're a blood washed, blood bought, Holy Spirit anointed, name of Jesus toting, child of God. Still, if you won't judge yourself, it is written, 1 Corinthians 11, you will be judged. Now look at this though. Here's some more good news right here. <laughs> I know a lot of folks didn't know they were, they were in for this this morning. But the Lord knew you were going to be here. Didn't he? He knew you and I were going to be here. And there's nobody, nobody who doesn't need to hear this message. Is that right? Luke 13, He said, do you think those bad things happened to those people because they were worse people than anybody else in town or in the area? I tell you, no. Except you repent. You can all likewise or will all likewise perish. All of us, this world is a a dangerous place. There's enough contaminants and germs and curse in the air you're breathing right now to kill you a thousand times over. There's enough bad stuff in anything you eat Anything you drink, anything you touch, death is in this place. And curse and disease. And there's some crazy people. Armed. Is that right? There are people that would release nerve agent in this church just for laughs. There are people that mow you down with a a machine gun just for kicks. Is that right? Yes, sir. I mean, there are people that shoot you in the head with a 45 for the money in your wallet right. and not miss any sleep. This world is full of evil. It's full of bad. It's full of dark. 
And there's only one way. You're going to make it. You and yours. Through this whole life. Without being cut off short. Dying young. Dying wrong. There's only one way. Only one way. Only one way. It'll be because the Lord kept you. By his Holy Spirit. By his holy angels. Come on is that right? That's the only way. That's the only way you and I make it the rest of the day without incident. That's the only way. And he wants to keep every one of us. And he is well able. How many believe he's well able? He's well able. Well able. But he warns us. If you judge other people. And if you won't judge yourself when you need to. You will be judged. He won't be able to keep us in situations. I know this is sobering. It needs to be. This is life and death. This is serious. But tell me the good news. Tell me the good news. But if you will judge yourself, if you'll repent. Jesus said twice, except you repent. We saw even Jezebel could miss judgment. If she'd repent. Some people still struggling with that. That's why I said it again. (laughs) Now verse 6. I want you to notice all of this flows together. Verse verse 56 we started in Luke 12. And this all still flows together. Verse 6. He spoke also this parable. A certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard. And he came and sought fruit thereon and found none. Then said he to the dresser of his vineyard, Behold, these three years I come seeking fruit on this fig tree and find none. Cut it down. Why cumbereth it the ground? And he answering said unto him, Lord, let it alone this year also till I shall dig about it and dung it. And if it bear fruit well, and if not, then after that you shall cut it down. Anybody see this? Does all this flow together or not? What's he saying? This tree is not producing the right kind of fruit. It's barren. It's hard. It's producing no love fruit. No faith fruit. No righteousness fruit. No fruit of the Spirit. Judgment. Cut it down. But somebody that liked that tree... Somebody. Maybe it was a grandma. Maybe it was mama and daddy. And then maybe it was Bubba or sis. Maybe it was somebody that went to church with them. Somebody on their team. And they saw. They're going the wrong way. They're not judging themselves. They're judging other people. This has been going on for two months, a year, two years, three years. What do you know? Judgment is looming. It's pending. Come on, can you see this? So what they do? Intercession. 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 They came before the Lord and said, Lord, I know they hadn't been producing the right kind of fruit. I know they've been judging everybody, mean as can be. I know they, they, they're proud and haughty and won't repent. I know. Judgment's do them. But I'm asking you, Lord, 
Give him some time. I gave her space to repent. Come on, can you see this? I gave her space to repent. We see if somebody will ask him to, there can be an extension. Woo! An extension of the time and space and opportunity to repent. Hallelujah! More time for them to, to wake up. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. There's a prayer in Timothy. I want you to look there and we'll close with this. You can pray this over your. This is uh, 2 Timothy 2. You can pray this over your, your family, your friends, people. Oh, my. I'm thinking of scripture after scripture after scripture I didn't get to. And they are so good. They are so good. Can you come back? Yes, sir. (laughs) Do we need to hear more about this? Oh, yes, we do. Second Timothy 2. I've prayed this prayer over my family members and over my friends and over people that that I've known that... We're, we're going to be in trouble if things didn't change. Can you ignore God? Judge other people. Refuse to repent month after month and year after year and things go well with you without any repercussions. Mm-mm. No, you keep going like that, you're going to get judged. And when you get judged, the enemy gets access to you. What's he going to do? He's been wanting to get to you for years. Is that right? He's been wanting to get to you and couldn't. He's just waiting for any kind of chance to get to you. He's going to still kill and destroy. He has no mercy. And uh, there's been, uh, I'm thinking this one, one situation, this particular individual had not lived right for decades. And it just came on my heart. And when things come on your heart like this, don't cast them aside. A lot of times the Lord's looking for somebody that'll ask him (laughs) so he can give them some more time. And you could be the very one. And so I got down and prayed about it. I said, Lord, I know. If it hadn't been for your mercy, they'd have been destroyed many times uh, already. Uh, Lord, I'm asking you. Give them another opportunity to repent. Give them, uh, and and this this is one of the passages I use. It says, 2 Timothy 2 and 24, the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, patient, in meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves, if God peradventure will give them what? See, repentance is a gift. If God would give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth, the truth will make you free. And that they may recover themselves out of the snare or trap of the devil who are taken captive by him at his will. Doesn't this agree with everything we've read here this yes. morning? Amen. This is Second Timothy to believers? Yep. To Christians? Yes. yes. And here's an individual who's in captivity for, uh, under the enemy's work. And how can they get out? They can recover themselves out of this trap by doing what? Repenting and acknowledging the truth. This one particular case, I was seeking the Lord. I said, Lord, 
I'm asking you to give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth that they may recover themselves out of the snare and trap of the devil. I'm asking you, give them some more time. You know what he said about that fig tree? Give it some more time to be the ground tilled and and fertilized and let's give it another opportunity. Right? And I I remember one, one day distinctly I was praying that and I was down in the floor and the Lord spoke to my heart. He said, I'm going to do that just because you asked me to. Do you believe that or not? I'm going to do that. I'm going to give them more time, space to repent, just because you asked me to. Do we see this throughout the Bible? Do we see this what Abraham was doing when he was interceding about Sodom and Gomorrah and Lot? Is that right? Why did the Lord do that? Because he asked him to. Because he asked him to. Everybody stand on your feet, please. Let's act on this. You may have somebody in mind right now. Maybe a child. Maybe a sibling. Maybe a parent. Maybe a friend. Maybe a co-worker. And you know, if they keep going the way they're going, it's not going to turn out well. It's already, it's already been bad. Do we want to see them judged? No. We want to see them restored. Except for the mercy of God, that'd be us. Is that right? Right where they are, or worse. Close your eyes. Pray it out loud with me. Father God, thank you for the blood of the Lamb. Thank you for forgiveness. Thank you for the gift of repentance. Forgive me for not always being quick to repent. Forgive me for judging others and not judging myself. It's hypocritical. It's wrong. It's dishonest. And I judge it. And I thank you for your mercy. In keeping those, in keeping us all, when we humble ourselves before you and walk in the light. I pray over these. Now I'm talking, you got somebody in mind? Family member, loved one, friend, co-worker? Said out loud, I'm praying over them. And I'm asking you for mercy. For time and space for them to repent, that they not be judged. I'm asking you to give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth, that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the enemy and be free and be spared. And be restored to your glory in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. 
For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.